Welcome to Clit Talk. The pleasure positive podcast. We're like the sex ed you wish you got. And then some. This episode is brought to you by Let's Get Checked and Foria Wellness. Pussy, pussy. It's gonna be a good one today. Yes. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow. Bring your pussies to the show. Clitorati. We brought back our favorite male sexpert today. Last time, she taught us how to create an empowered bedroom with our male counterparts who have been struggling with erectile dysfunction or performance anxiety. And I got to say, she schooled me on the science nerd stuff. Are you tapping into your pleasure with your five senses daily? Yes, please. (laughs) If you missed that episode, check it out because we're diving deeper into the next phase of creating not just an empowered bedroom, but explorative ecstasy. Get ready to try something you've probably never done before. Her hit YouTube series, Better Sex Coach, and no-nonsense approach to sexuality has helped countless people gain confidence, satisfaction, and transformation both inside and outside the bedroom. We're picking up where we left off. Caitlin V, everyone. Well, that's that's so perfect because I know there was like one, another part to this conversation that we really had. And that's how can we men be more open-minded and really like develop into that? How can men be more open-minded? What are some things that maybe men should be? I know we mentioned pegging, like, and you said not just pegging, but like in threesomes, Mm -hmm. foursomes, and moresomes. And I was like, ooh. Um, And -hmm. really just becoming extraordinary lovers. Like how is being open-minded a man's access to being that extraordinary lover and trying new things? So two different questions sort of arise in me, which is like how and why. Yes. Right. Like why even bother being open-minded? And I think it, it comes down to seeing what other people are experiencing. Right. And understanding that like what you currently know might not get you from where you are to where you're trying to go. Right. And that I think is such an eye opening moment for all of us. You know, I don't know uh, where you all were on your sexual journey when you had this like sudden realization of like, oh, there's there's more. And I ha- I don't have access to that right now. <laughs> right. Mm, um, you, you maybe like you saw someone that was like very sexually expressed or you're at the play party and someone had an orgasm that just like split them in two. They look like they got struck by lightning. And you're I like, want, um, I'll take what she's okay, I don't know the roadmap <laughs> to that. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. It was it was like when I witnessed a woman squirt for the first time at a play party. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I don't have access to that. And then I made it like my mission to put that intention. I feel like I was I feel (laughs) like I was born. I call it a freak, and to me that's a compliment because my mom's like I was eight years old and she's like, If you could have anything in the world, what would you wish for? And I was like, Every morning I'd have a naked man and a naked woman standing at the foot of my bed. At eight years old I said that. And you imagine? <laughs> oh, my mom your was like, "That mom. sounds good. Sounds great." Because at that age, it was like pretty That's innocent, awesome. but I Kudos knew I wanted to, to play woman. with both of them, <laughs> like, right. and I wanted them to be naked. I wasn't oh, even necessarily thinking about sex because I was like eight, but I knew I wanted to like have a naked man and naked woman, just available, just available from the moment, <laughs> the moment I, I woke, woke up. up. <laughs> I love to it. Do my bidding. 
I told my mom I wanted a whale. I wanted to be oh, a whale. That was much my more innocent big than my wish. Ask <laughs> as a kid. It was very innocent. I remember it. And so. Um, so the idea of being open-minded, it, like in that moment when you realize that someone is doing or having an amount of pleasure that you have not had access to, it, you have options, right? You can shut down, and a lot of people do, and you can judge that as being bad wrong. Because that's easy. I think that's where a lot of our judgment around sex even stems from, right? Is like, oh, dirty slut. Like, I'd love to have sex with a bunch of people too, but yeah, it's wrong. And therefore, you know, she's wrong. Therefore, that that height of pleasure, orgasmic ecstasy is also wrong, right? Um, but how do you get to be more open-minded? That's that is such a great question. I think I have the privilege of working with people who are seeking coaching. And so a lot of them are like, okay, I hate that I have to do this, but tell me what I'm missing. Right. Um, and I think for a lot of people, there's a great deal of like self-compassion that that gets entered into being open-minded. Right. Because like so much of that closed mindedness comes from a place of just like really deep shame, really deep self-judgment. And as soon as we have like a little bit of compassion for ourselves and our own experience and like that includes being willing to admit that maybe we don't know everything. Our parents didn't know everything. They were wrong about some things. Mm, right. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. How would you tell a woman to become, or like, how would you encourage a, a female person to become more open-minded? I'd be like, hey, you ever been to a sex party? Listen to our show. <laughs> well, yeah, something I tell a lot of women is like, read Pussy or Reclamation, yeah. mm-hmm. for starters. Like, as an, as an example, like, let go of your own shame. Yeah, I think it also starts with asking like, hey, are there any fantasies that you've never shared that you'd like to share with me? Like, I can listen to anything. And I think another thing that really helped me is figuring out like what turned me on, like what actually Mm -hmm. felt good to me so I could actually ask my partner to do those things instead of just having him try to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I say that's true for a lot of men too, right? They have this idea that like penetration is the thing that is supposed to feel good and that like blowjobs are like a close second. (laughs) <laughs> and like anal might be like a bonus, right? Like I had this conversation earlier today with a client um, where I described each of the sexual blueprints, again, from the um, Jaya universe. And he is so clearly an energetic blueprint, which is someone that is turned on by longing and by tease and by spaciousness. And if you just go straight for their genitals, they short circuit. They're like antennas. You just throw all that stimulation at them and they're like, mm, no, can't. Mm-mm. But there's, they have like this superpower of sensitivity. And that's been him his whole life. But he's experienced his sexuality as a lot of dysfunction, as premature ejaculation, as I wouldn't necessarily call it erectile dysfunction as much as just like fickle erections. Like they're there and then they're not. And then they're there Hashtag and then they're not. Hashtag fickle erections. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and I think, you know, part of the challenge is that um, it's just it's just that. Like we have this idea of like, well, but but it should feel good when she goes straight for my junk and starts like jerking. It should feel good if I wake up to her uh, wanting to go down on me. Like, isn't that what all men want? And it's like, no, in this case, like you can't, you, quickies are never going to be your thing. Stop trying to force quickies to happen because he had this idea of like sex is scarce and I have to take it every time that it's offered. But what's happening is that the, that antenna was becoming fried because it only has 15 minutes to warm up to the idea of having sex. And, of course, that's not going to work. And, again, men evolved to ejaculate 
that's how we got here. And so mm-hmm. his body would go to ejaculate very quickly. And then, of course, he's reading all that as I'm, there's something wrong with me. I have a sexual dysfunction. Instead of asking, how do I make sex work for me? Like, right. you know, it's not a cookie cutter. You have to bend sex to fit you, not mm-hmm. you to fit the idea of what sex is supposed to be. So that's sort of the how, right? So, like, why would a man want to be more open-minded? Like, what are the benefits of that for a man? Yeah, outside of right. having great threesomes <laughs> and pegging. Well, I think I think I think to a lot of people that play. sounds like really overwhelming. Like, I can just imagine like yeah the wizard is like, you're not getting anywhere near my asshole, but he'll, he'll have a threesome. Like, I think every person has their edge. Yeah. Within with another woman. Yeah. Oh, I love how you said with another woman and then like rolled your eyes. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so, our first, no, it's our so first true. It's was, like, was with another it's man. True. It was not a woman. Yeah. It actually oh, He was yeah, like, I want right. you to have it that was. experience that's first. True. So we did it with a man first. And he's actually, that's he's, he's such never a penetrated romantic. another woman since we've been together. <laughs> That's so romantic. It actually, well, Katie, it is it, for non-monogamous well, people. That's I romantic. Say, I would say for I non-monogamous. Don't know where I land on the monogamy scale still, and I can tell you, Katie, it actually was so tremendously healing to have a man be that selfless and to allow me to have an experience that I wanted and to not make me wrong for it and to say, "Look, you get to be the star. You get to do whatever you want." I've never had a man be that generous with me. So, yeah, it actually was incredibly romantic and incredibly healing. And I don't even know if I'm not non-monogamous or not, but it was a really healing experience for me. I buy like 75% of that. You're not monogamous. <laughs> <laughs> How do I know that? I don't know. Go back and listen to a lot of episodes where we talk about this shit. No, but I appreciate what you said, Lindsay. I do. Lindsay and I have an ongoing yeah. <laughs> like inside joke about pegging. Um, she always brings it back to pegging whenever I talk about like, you know, exploring my husband's anus. Um, but what I find, what I've noticed. But you don't just say not, exploring your husband's I'm anus. You're like exploring my husband's anus with a dildo. I'm like, that's pegging, right? That was like season fucking two of Clit Talk. <laughs> no, we're in season like what, five or Instagram some shit? Like, live like three weeks ago. No, you said yeah, that. You, you said that this. shit. I brought up that I noticed that my husband, we had just had an episode about body shaming. And Caitlin's, the woman that- Caitlin's just, Caitlin's are, just in the corner whoa. drinking wine. Caitlin's like, I'm going to remove myself. I poured a new wine. We're in like, second glass. Let's go. That's great. She's fucking ready for this, okay? She was born for this. She was made for this I'm moment, just, all right? I'm like, so, I'm so we have this crying dis- right Lindsay now. Lindsay have this like- so hard. <laughs> So, so basically she was talking, the body shame expert was talking about like parts of our body that we don't like or that we don't talk to or that we don't have a relationship with. And like, it dawned on me, oh my God, that's something I noticed with my husband. Like I used to joke about pegging him. Like it was a huge fantasy I had until I got how uncomfortable that made him. The fantasy was just like no longer hot to me. And I will say fantasy because fantasy versus desire. I have it that Mm. fantasy is like, like, you know, I might want to have sex skydiving, but that's not feasibly, physically fucking possible, right? Someone's fucking done that. I'm sure someone's done. Everyone's done like something once, right? So I, I, I went from like, I, I actually call it a fantasy because it was so out of the realm of possibility, right? Uh, pegging. And it no longer became a fantasy I had. But then over the last like year, I've just noticed, wow, what is this? Um, there's a huge disconnect to his butthole, 
right? And like just coming from a body shame standpoint, that there's shame with the butthole. And so I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, why not like touch your own asshole during masturbation? Like just touch it. Just put your finger on it and like put a little lube and like just say hi. Like, Mm -hmm. and what transformation is available through just like, you know, uh, breaking the ice. You know, I don't need Mm -hmm. to be the one to like insert anything up there, but I'm just curious of like what healing impact will that have? How could that um, transform him? And not just my husband, but so many men. I have so many male friends who are just like, don't go anywhere near my asshole. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I wonder why there's a huge increased rate in colon cancer. Um, And I I have to question like how much of that is because men are told like you're homosexual if you like anything going near your butt. Um, and, and so I just wanted to bring that to the, to the forefront of this conversation, um, right now and get your take on, um, opening straight men up to the idea of removing shame around this part of their body. Yeah. There's been, there's a huge, huge disowning of Mm-mm. the butthole of the, of the, and, and of everything that the butthole includes, right? Even the prostate, which is super unfortunate because regularly having, prostate massage or milking the prostate is actually incredibly healthy for men. Um, I think that, you know, to your point about colon cancer, prostate cancer as well. Um, And I really believe that by having a healthier, regular, pleasurable relationship with prostates, more men could actually avoid having negative health outcomes and consequences later down the road. And, you know, this has been a part of my own personal journey. I experienced a... um, a really violent sexual assault to my anus when I was 21. And it wasn't until I was 31 that I actually did any trauma healing around it, which is not to say that I totally disowned it. I was still experimenting. I still had anal sex. I still tried stuff. I still like, I still enjoyed and I still like got pleasure out of exploring my anus in that way. And having a trauma release and working with a professional to actually clear that trauma let me know that like the relationship I had was like one-tenth of what was actually available and the relationship was so much just based off of like I don't know I feel like I should or I could explore this thing so I ought to and now it's like holy shit there's so much more available than I ever would have known and I was doing my best to know already um which for, for like to take this back to what this has to do with um, with men and like what's available when they open up, you know, I think across the board, I really want people to recognize how much of a load of shit that we have been sold in, in, in any capacity, like whatever it is, whether you I believe, you know, whether that's under the guise of like capitalism or your worthiness depends on how much money you can bring in, right? Like we all know that the worth of a human being is not related to their productivity in a capitalist society, or at least I hope that's what people are coming, becoming aware of under COVID. Um, or whatever shit you've been told to believe about like plant medicine, whatever shit you've been told to believe about the educational system, whatever, I'm not going to, don't worry, I'm not going to like, too far down any of these paths. But um, just the idea that like, you know, maybe the people that were looking out for you when you were younger didn't actually know what was best for you. And maybe mm. the society that you were raised under doesn't actually know what's best for you as an individual. And maybe those guidelines are really helpful for making some decisions, but maybe ultimately there's going to be some things that you disagree with and that like you should kind of make up your own mind around. And if we can hold that really gently 
and not make it bad or wrong and instead support people in their individual exploration instead of shaming them for like moving outside of the like really strict guidelines that we were all given we could all be a lot happier. We could all be a lot more satisfied. We could all be a lot more fulfilled. But I also think, you know, you can lead a horse to water and you can't make them drink. I can show all day, I can show up on YouTube every single week holding a vision for what's possible for male sexuality. One of the most popular videos I ever did was on the quote unquote devil's three way, right? And a fair number of the people that came on there to watch it just came on there to slut shame me. For even ever having had Wait, that's a freeway, devil's at all, freeway, right? Boo. Devil's freeway is a uh, one one female oh, partner, two male partners. <laughs> I didn't. Yep, I, devil's, didn't devil's I didn't even know what it was and called. Look at even that language. The devils. The devils freeway. Why is it well, called the know. devils? Who uh, named it that? Yeah, homophobes. Yeah, I oh. was gonna say some some. It's, that sounds patriarchal as fuck. What's it yeah. called when you're with like five? <laughs> That's men? a gangbang. Gangbang. <laughs> <laughs> gangbang. Um, and the other the other most popular video was mm. pegging. You know, like that video was so popular because people are really earnestly curious, and I think they're just looking for like the slightest bit of permission. Like they just just want to be told it's okay. Hey there, Clitorati, it's Katie. So you all know I'm a nurse and Clit Talk for me is a health conversation. I really wanna take a minute to share a product with you that has made a huge difference in my life. Foria Wellness Awaken CBD Lubricant. Remember that. I use it multiple times per week, and this is coming from the woman who never used to masturbate. Not only has it enhanced my new masturbation lifestyle, it's eased the pain I used to have during sex, and my husband is super happy because our bedroom play is so much more fun. So, I personally reached out to Foria Wellness to see if they would partner with Clit Talk, and they were an overwhelming yes. So now, you can get a discount on their fabulous products by going to our brand new pleasure store at clittalkshow.com. All their products are there, and if you're interested in trying them out for yourself, use the discount code CLITTALK10 for 10% off your purchase. I can't recommend them enough, so do yourself a favor and get your pussy high. Okay, Caitlin B., so you have inspired me to have a conversation with my husband to see if he would be interested in any sort of prostate play, Mm -hmm. and say I get him to say yes. Then what do I do? Cat. Okay, so I'm so glad that you asked. And I actually have a YouTube video coming out. It may be out by the time that this episode airs. Oh, fantastic. Um, that's why I got all the sex toys mailed to me. Um, okay, but anyways, steps for doing prostate massage. So after you've spoken to him and you know that you're a thumbs up and a go, mm-hmm. um, gather your supplies next to your bed. I am a huge 10 out of 10 fan for, of using um, gloves. If you have mm-hmm. some extra quarantine gloves to spare, I do um, because they make your fingers really, really smooth, right? Mm-hmm. Just like decrease some friction, and also um, they can help you to you know, any snags or anything, any any um, discomfort that would be caused by fingernails. Like I yeah. always keep long fingernails, so I like to put little cottons in the gloves. Anyways, and lube and a towel. And what you want to do is start by getting him aroused. Uh, Get him hard, like uh, jerk him off, go down on him, even have sex with him, like, you know, whatever feels good for him so that he's really aroused, really relaxed state. Then you start by putting one dry finger on the anus. And the reason that this is dry is that if you approach the anus with a wet finger, the anus will think on some level that it is leaking because the Mm. anus is not used to being wet, right? And wetness on the anus typically signals to the anus to clench back up and prevent anything from leaking, right? So you start with just a dry finger and you start with stillness. And you'll notice 
the anus is made up of two sphincters, right? There's a, um, a voluntary relaxation and an involuntary relaxation. So we can be voluntarily relaxing our anus all day, but the involuntary sphincter can, um, can choose not to relax. This is why anal pleasure is so deeply satisfying. It's one of the very rare areas in the body where both of our nervous systems come together. Our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system overlap it's very, it's, there's very few places um, that we can reach. In fact, they might be the only place that we can reach with our fingers where we ha- get to impact both nervous systems at once. And we impact them both at once. It has this incredibly calming, incredibly grounding effect on the overall body. So dry finger outside of the anus, you'll notice something happens the longer that you hold stillness on an anus. It changes. In my It starts to open, It right? changes, yeah. It feels like it's melting a little bit. It's mm-hmm. how I would describe it, right? Like it feels like if you put your finger on butter and then all of a sudden your body temperature melted that and it yeah. just kind of sinks in. That's when you add lube, you come back mm-hmm. to stillness, and then you slowly bring one finger into the anus, like it, it just incredibly slowly, right? You can start um, by getting just within the first knuckle. You can even pull out at that point if that feels good and then re-enter. The prostate is about the size and shape and texture of a walnut. Um, and it's usually located between one and three inches inside of the anus and towards the cock, right? So it's, it's actually located um, between the, uh, the, the prostate is what the urethra runs through from the outside of the cock into the bladder, right? So okay. you, when mm-hmm. you stick your finger in, you find this like little bumpy, ridgy, little bit of like toughness, walnutty. Um, and then thing. at that point, are you like halfway, like to the second knuckle? It depends on your, on your partner. Okay. So for mine, it's I have to have my finger a hundred percent. I have to use my longest finger because it's like more than three inches inside. But for you, it might you know for your partner, it could just be an inch. You might not even be all the way up to your third knuckle. You might be just be at your second knuckle. Um, and this is why prostate massages with fingers are really, really great. Prostate massages with toys work even better. Um, but I think starting with a finger is just, it's, it's really comfortable, right? Um, for a lot of people, having a finger inserted, having a toy inserted sometimes feels like a big step, right? Um, so once you get your fingers in there, then you're really working with him to figure out what feels good. So I would start with, there's four different like basic motions that you can bring to any sex act. Number one is stillness, just like hold still. Um, Number two is like a pulsing motion. So like pressure on, pressure off, pressure on, pressure off. Like with Uh, a heartbeat. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, nurse. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Number three would be windshield wipers. So like backwards and forwards a little bit. Now we are in the anal cavity, so you're not going to have a ton of back and forth, but you can kind of wiggle back and forth. And then um, number three would be constant and steady pressure. No, number four, constant and steady pressure, right? So each man is going to find one of those sensations to be probably the most pleasurable. And he might find all four, just kind of you just stack them according to what's most pleasurable for him. And so as you're doing this, I should mention, you're also stroking him, right? At least when you start playing around with prostate pleasure, you really want to be very cock-focused, very arousal-focused, whatever really turns him on. So if that's, you know, playing with cock, head, balls, whatever it is that's like really getting him into it. Because you want to be kind of giving the body the, the pleasurable sensation that it's familiar with. As you introduce this new sensation, mm. which can be a little weird at first. You know, a lot it's like of a misdirect. That, yeah, 
Exactly. You're like, hey, look over here, but also look, feel over here, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, Love and then that. what you can, well, you'll find that, the, the, and again, each guy's going to be a little bit different. Um, you can coordinate the motion of both of your hands together. So, like, you're stroking and you're moving, pulsing left and right or up and down on the prostate at the same time. And a couple different things can happen. He might come all the way to orgasm with that. And if he does, it's likely that he will experience a um, farther flying ejaculate and like a harder ejaculate and he'll have a totally different experience. Ejaculating feels very different when your prostate is being milked at the same time. He might enjoy it and he might decide that he might have trouble ejaculating with that much sensation going on because it's not Mm -hmm. how he's used to ejaculating, Mm -hmm. right? Um, He might have a non-ejaculatory orgasm which is so cool to have a man go through and to have him go through it. Like just being able to bring a man to a non-ejaculatory orgasm is one of the coolest gifts I think I've ever experienced in my life because just watching the the face of someone who's had a new sexual experience that they didn't know was possible as an adult, (laughs) they're like, what just happened? (laughs) I think, I think I came, but I didn't come, right? It's just like, head, mind totally blown. Um, That can be really common. Yeah, that can be a common experience. He might not even want to ejaculate after that. So I would say anything that happens following that, any of those three or you know, potentially a dozen other outcomes is totally normal and nothing to be concerned about. Extra ejaculate, no ejaculate, regular ejaculate, orgasm, no orgasm. Um, how long no, are you generally like stimulating the prostate before? Mm-hmm. Like how long in in general? Would I you think say? that depends on how long he usually takes to get to orgasm to begin with, because okay. his cock is still being stroked. And if this new novel sensation is like, you know, kind of depending on how he feels about it. If he feels it's arousing, he might get to orgasm faster. Um, my experience is that it usually takes longer. Right? And I think that's just because there's this like, there's this new thing happening. He might be having that like mental play of like, what does it mean that there's a finger in my butt right now? Or like, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of guys have um, that that sort of like concern about smell or is it clean? That's what, another reason I love the glove is because he can be like, okay, I'm not into it anymore. And you can just glove off, no bathroom time, no <laughs> washing. Like you're just ready to yeah. get right. You can be, you could be like cuddling in 10 seconds. Right. Um, it's like pro, and not that's have like to worry a pro about move that. right now. The, they're like I the glove. That. It's like, boom, done. Yeah. But what about those glove. little cotton balls underneath your fingernails? I love those. I just like make, give me smooth fingers. I don't have I to trim that. my nails. I can still be... You might need more than cotton balls. I have cat claws. Like, I don't even <laughs> How know. do you still have those? I had Listen, to take all my nails off. Well, these are my nails. They're just incredibly yeah. long. And oh, I bro. file, I'm like, I need to file them a little bit like every day till they finally are gone because I feel like I file them every three or four days and like they just keep growing back to the same length. And I'm like, there's no progress happening here. There's no finger going into a prostate anytime soon. Not oh even my, my own. Not even my own, asshole. Oh, my Thanks. Thanks for my crystal butt plug, but anyways. Well, I'm sure. Um, thank you, Caitlin, for the for the rundown. I'm gonna try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, report back. I can't wait to hear how it goes. Yeah, you have any I, other bet, I bet you will. I kind of want to ask Ethan how it was. I mean, I'm sure I'll come on and talk about it. For sure. <laughs> and I'm sure we have Ethan to have some sort of experiences. Ethan will be like off limits. Yeah, I'd be like no. Nah. Um, Maybe you can get you, him to like talk to my husband after, and he can just enlighten him on how wonderful and transformational it was. Mm-hmm. I it think he like would a, really like it. 
it sounds like a yeah. huge opportunity for men, like to have a deeper orgasm and so it's just experience ejaculation to like the next level. What man wouldn't want to come harder? And Let's try something like a- different in Sex Fest 2020. You know, <laughs> I love that I started saying that. Now you guys are both saying it. <laughs> it that's what it is. That's the purpose. Oh, hashtag sex fest. Uh, sex fest twenty twenty. We talk a lot about on on this show, like listening to your listening to your pussy, right? And for men, it would be listening to your cock, or if you're non-binary, whatever you relate to. Mm-hmm. And and you know, it's another way of saying like listening to your intuition and figuring out what's right for you. And I think that that's that's really important. Just like you know, the paleo diet might be perfect for someone, and veganism is perfect for someone else. Like it's it's really as simple as that. It's like yep. your body wants what your body wants, your mind wants what your mind wants, your spirit wants what your spirit wants, and it can be different for everybody. That's why there's a Kinsey scale. That's why there's a a monogamous non monogamy scale. Like you can be anywhere on that scale, <laughs> and it's okay. And I would add that. Men have been told to disown their cock as much as we've been told to disown our pussies. It just looks very, very different. That's not the narrative that the majority of us are having. And that's why there's there's still people that are committing really atrocious violence against women right. using their cocks. But it's not because they're embodying their cocks, right? It's not because they're actually living from the power of being connected and and like owning the power that is their masculine. Yeah, I never thought about cock, it like that. Right? It's a I shadow never ownership. About it like that. That's that's really that's really beautifully put. Um and just so you guys know, I Googled it while we were talking, and there are two people that had sex while skydiving. <laughs> Their names are. <laughs> I knew there it was. Happens. I was it like, happens. there's got to be. Because you could already be like in each other the, and then have jump Have you ever off fucking skydived? I've gone twice. No. I've, done, I've well, gone skydiving twice. There's no fucking well, way happened. you can it fuck happened. while skydiving. We'll post, we will post the no link way. to the article in our show notes. So Alex Torres, 34, and Hope Howell, 20, redefined what it means to be in the Mile High Club when they filmed themselves <laughs> having sex while skydiving. Torres is a French-Canadian porn star, and Howell is an aspiring adult actress, performed the stunt via their mutual empire, Skydive God. Taft, in California. Of course, this shit always fucking happens in L.A., no, that is porn that I can. <laughs> they were totally they get worked uh, redefine the mile. Apparently, yeah. Torres worked Adrenaline. as a part time skydiving instructor while um, Howell was the receptionist. Neither work with the company mm-hmm. anymore, but they seem not to mind as their 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 video caught the attention of Howard Stern. <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna. Oh my god! I'm gonna wow. hunt down this Torres. We gotta guy have them like, on the show. I don't even know what's gotta happen. While we skydiving, have to have these people on the show. Yeah, that's right. really that's real. That's fascinating to me because I mean, man, when you jump out of an airplane, like I mean, I don't even. I, must, I think I forgot. They I must had have a, been like, a vagina. They must 100%. have been having sex before <laughs> and then strap. like strapped together and then like jumped out together. Mm-hmm. That's the only way it would work. It's fascinating to me because the harnesses like choke your genitals. Well, apparently so this there's a video of it. We can look up if we want. <laughs> All right, we're going to include sure. this in the show notes. Um, uh, but anyways, bring our, bring Caitlin, our attention back I, we, to— we just yeah. want to thank you. We for sure definitely want to have you come back on the show. You you definitely reshaped and reframed the way I think about a few things, especially like men being disembodied in the way that shows up, you know, and how we as, you know, women can really bring gender harmony to a new level of communication and how we can support each other in— all of us being extraordinary lovers and not making the other people wrong for wherever they're at. Um, mm. So Caitlin, tell us where can our listeners 
find you if they're interested. You're you are you do private coaching. I know you have a website. You have an extraordinary YouTube channel. How can people connect to you? You can find me at bettersexcoach.com or by searching YouTube for Better Sex Coach and you'll find me there under my name, Caitlin V. All right. And you have an Instagram or anything where people can follow you? I do. Thank you. Um, Caitlin Victorious X. And that's Caitlin with a C and two I's. And we'll we'll link all of her stuff in our show notes as well. Um, and I know that you have a bunch of really cool free kind of giveaways on your website. Definitely everybody go and check it out. She has some really amazing like free giveaways that she does. And I know you have like a newsletter that's incredibly informative that you send out to people and her videos are incredible as well. So definitely make sure you check out all her stuff. We're going to for sure have you back on. This was so amazing. I feel like I learned a lot. I'm sure Katie and Sugar did as well. I have so many more questions yeah. for you. <laughs> I'm we'll just have like, to have her back. <laughs> when can we have you back? I know. Let's seriously. do it again. Yeah. Episode from the dungeon. Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll make live, it okay for us to talk at the dungeon. Live from the dungeon. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That has to happen. That sounds like a right. that sounds like a technological nightmare being that I can <laughs> barely fucking set up my audio on this this virtual <laughs> platform we've been using since quarantine, but you know, we'll figure it out, you know. We'll figure, we'll figure it, it out. out. We'll totally we've figure got it time. Out. We always do. Yep, we do. <laughs> yeah. All right, Clitorati, um thank you for tuning in this week and as always we love you and we will see you next Tuesday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clit Talk. Be sure to visit clittalkshow.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at clittalkshow for your clit fix in between episodes.